It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. A lot coming up on the programme today, but I am interested in your thoughts on a piece that we had there on the news with Mairead at 10 o'clock. And this is to do with the Transport Minister, Shane Ross. He's today putting forward what many people are describing as a controversial plan. It's to reform the penalty points system. Now, Shane Ross does have the backing of the Garda Commissioner. He has the backing of all of the road victims groups and road safety groups. But there are people within Fine Gael, including by all accounts some Fine Gael ministers who are against the plans. According to the Irish Independent today, Fianna Fáil are also going to object to the, the changes. Fianna Fáil are arguing that what Shane Ross wants to introduce is too blunt an instrument. Now, under these new proposals, a motorist caught travelling between 20 kilometres and 30 kilometres above the speed limit would be instantly hit with four penalty points and a €100 fine. The big problem with that is according to figures from the Road Safety Authority there are close on 14 and a half thousand drivers with eight or more penalty points so if Shane Ross succeeds with this legislation today it would mean that 14 and a half thousand motorists would be one strike away from getting a six month ban on their licence. Any driver, of course, who gets 12 penalty points, you are uh, instantly given, um, you've got an instant qualification from uh, driving. You've got to get the 12 points. Obviously, they're accumulated over 12 years, 12, over three years, and then you're off the road for six months. There are currently 857 motorists who are off the road due to accumulating penalty points. Because that, there's growing opposition within Fine Gael Again, some people are saying that this is anti-rural Ireland. The thought being that somebody in rural area losing their licence, much bigger, much bigger consequence on that person's life than, say, somebody in the heart of Dublin losing their, their licence. They don't need to have access to a car 24-7. Whereas if you're in a rural, a very, very rural area, you do need to have access to your car. If you're off the road, you won't be able to get into your car for the, at least the next uh, six months. But Shane Ross is defending it. He's saying he is making it absolutely clear that there are minor infringements and then there are really, ser- really serious, dangerous infringements. And that's why he wants to have this graduated penalty point scheme for Uh, speeding. Backbench TVs are actively lobbying senior colleagues arguing that the changes are unnecessary. 
Also, some people are saying it's open to court challenges. Now, that only time will tell on that. But uh, Shane Ross does have the backing by all accounts of the Taoiseach, Leo Varadkar, who allowed the proposals pass through a cabinet subcommittee in recent weeks without any objection. So it's expected to go through uh, today. At present, a person caught speeding, you receive three penalty points and an 80 euro fine, regardless of how much you exceed the speed limit by. So if you're caught doing 10 kilometres over and you're, or you're caught doing 60 kilometres or 100 kilometres over, it doesn't matter. You're all going to get the same penalty points and an 80 euro fine. So what Shane Ross wants to do, he wants to reduce the punishment for speeders at the lower end of the scale. But then at the other end, he wants to dramatically increase the fallout for the very worst offenders. And I mean, certainly in the past, you would have people would have contacted us here and, and we would have heard people complain that if they got caught on a speed camera and they'd be very annoyed if they were only 10, less than 10 kilometres over the speed limit. And I certainly would have interviewed people who would have said it's very unfair that I've got caught for, I'm after picking up three penalty points, I'm after getting an 80 euro fine and I know of somebody down the road who was 60 kilometres over the speed limit and they're getting the very same fine and the very same penalty. So that's where Shane Ross is coming from. He feels it's not fair that we give out the same amount of penalties to everyone because speeding offences are different. So he wants to reduce the punishment on the speeders at the lower end and then push up the ones who are the worst offenders. So what's he what's he talking about? He's saying this new graduated system would mean if you were caught up to 10 kilometres, so in some cases you'd just be above the speed uh, limit, you would get two penalty points and it would be a 60 euro fine and away you go. If you're caught doing between 10 and 20 kilometres over the speed limit, you get three penalty points and an 80 euro fine kind of what it is at the moment but this then this is where it gets higher between 20 and 30 kilometres in excess you get four penalty points and the fine goes up to 100 euro now the plan also involves the introduction of a new offence of driving more than 30 kilometres above the limit that results in a court prosecution you you go to court and you end up with a two thousand euro fines. They really are going to hit people who are 30 kilometres above the speed limit. I'm assuming if you got fined 2,000 euro that would certainly put manners on you and you'd be watching your your speedometer from from here on in. But it's just this, is it as Fianna Fáil is saying, it's too blunt an instrument. What he's trying to do makes sense. It does seem unfair that people at the lower end of the scale should be targeted the very same way as somebody at the other end of the scale. But the people who are in that middle range, the 20-30 kilometre, getting four penalty points is that too severe? And a hundred euro fine? Maybe rather than putting the penalty points on people, is he better off hitting people in the pocket? Is that the way to go? Or is he right? Is the man right? Because if you speak with any of the road victims groups, they are singing this man's praises. They are saying Shane Ross is the man for the job. He's right to be doing what he's doing. And they are very much welcoming what's going to happen today. Now, we will wait and see what comes out of uh, today because it's expected to be approved by cameras. But as I say, the rumblings going on behind the scenes, it, it seems that not all Fine Gael ministers are in favour of it. And I'm assuming the ones that live in rural areas because they are the ones that are going to get it in the neck from their constituents. So only time will tell as to what's going to happen. Oh, to be a fly on the wall of that cabinet meeting. So we'll find out more about that uh, today. But your thoughts are welcomed. Are you with Shane Ross? Do you think the man is right? We do need to 
get people to slow down on our roads. We know speed kills uh, the any of the road victims groups who we've spoken with over in the past. I mean, dreadful stories of families losing a loved one and it was down to speeding. It was because somebody else was speeding or sometimes it was the person themselves, their loved one uh, was involved in an accident because they were speeding. That resulted in their own death or the death of uh, somebody else. And there's no coming back uh, from that. So as Shane Ross writes, anything that can be done to make our roads safer, even if it means 14,500 people would be very close, one more strike and they would be off the road. Doesn't matter if they're from a rural area or from an urban area. They shouldn't have accumulated the penalty points in the first place, I'm assuming, is what Shane Ross would be saying. Your thoughts welcome to John Paul taking the cause, 1850-333-103. Or you can text her WhatsApp 0862-103-103. Yesterday, we had a lot of calls and texts in from listeners who were very touched by a story that I was talking about of a Cork couple who we were call, who were called John and Martha, not their real names uh, for anonymity's sake and the struggles they are going through at the moment because John has lost his job in the summer. Uh, Martha's not able to work because she suffers some severe epilepsy and they are in danger of not being able to pay the rent. So every single spare bit of money that comes into the house the weekly money that they're getting from social welfare what they're prioritising is the rent they want to keep the roof over their heads and they're obviously paying electricity and I'm sure there's heating anyway what's happening is at the end of the week they've no money for food so they've ended up going to Cork Penny Dinners who have been wonderful in the way that they're looking after this uh, family they have their own lunch at Penny Dinners while the children are at school and then they take home the dinners and they put them up on their own plates at home and the children don't know any different as Martha said she's trying to shield and protect her children from the stigma of poverty and that's how she feels she, they, are, they are just living in dire poverty and the reason for the poverty is the their housing situation and it's the cost of the rent that's basically it and it isn't as easy as saying sure why don't they go and find cheaper accommodation sure why don't they go to the council and get a council house oh if we only lived in a time where there was cheaper accommodation or if there was council houses available unfortunately there's not so we got such a lovely reaction yesterday to that story from people who were just touched by it and people who wanted we had one lovely woman who contacted us to say find out their nearest I think it was Super Value store she suggested and she said tell them to go in and get a you know a week's load of shopping and, and I'll pay for it on, on a click and collect type thing and I just thought it was such a sweet uh, offer and we had other people saying yeah they wanted to give money to them how could they help there was people trying to find out what age were the children could they buy toys for the children at Christmas just great kindness just great great kindness and because we had such a reaction we said look we'll give Katrina Toomey a bell because we ended up passing out Katrina Toomey's number Penny Cork Penny Dinner's number because obviously it's Cork Penny Dinner's are dealing with the family we're not and we don't have direct contact with them to pass on the kindness of some of our listeners so we said we'd get on to Katrina so we said look we'd bring her on all together to talk to us because I'm sure that this is just one of many families that Katrina is is dealing with and when Cork Penny Dinners was first set up it wasn't you know for many years we'd have dealt with Penny Dinners and they would have been talking about homeless people and people living with addiction who were using their services and there was never a time where 
penny dinners were, were seeing families who were living in, it could be your neighbours, people living in down the street from you. They could be your family members and people just hiding the fact that they're going to court penny dinners because they've got their pride as well and they don't want to admit to families what they're going through. So they're feeding Cork families. So Katrina's going to join us and actually I see her in the papers. This is a gorgeous story about Cork penny dinners and the High Hopes Choir. They're performing alongside the Hothouse Flowers. Isn't that fantastic? In a special concert which is going to raise money for homeless people uh, at Christmas uh, it seems that the the Hothouse Flowers became aware of the High Hopes Choir and were kind of blown away by them and they were very enthusiastic and they said, would they like to come along and join us for a song? So they're going to, it's a special concert that's going to be held at Glore Events Centre in uh, Ennis and the Hothouse Flowers are will be there. Um, on the night so it's it's fantastic so well done and that's a it's a, a great acknowledgement as well for the High Hopes Choir and a great achievement for them to, to be singing and on stage with the likes of the Hot House Flowers so we'll speak with Katrina De, Katrina Toomey from uh, Cork Penny Dinners in a couple of minutes now if you are planning on doing some shopping across this week and you're giving gift vouchers gift vouchers are always a lovely present to give at Christmas particularly for the, the people who you just don't know what to buy for. The old gift voucher is fantastic. Hold off though if you're buying a gift voucher because new legislation is expected to be passed in the next few few days. But we have to wait for President Michael D. Higgins to sign what is the Consumer Protection Gift Vouchers Bill into law. We've invited Dermot Jewell of the Consumers Association who's been fighting this for I think it's 25 years he's been trying to get this piece of legislation to pass through. I don't know why well, maybe Dermot will be able to explain why it's taken so long to, pr- to protect consumers and we know over the years we would have heard from people who would have contacted us to say they had a voucher put it at the bottom of the drawer discovered it, realised it was out of date. There was maybe a six month expiry date on it or a 12 month expiry date and they went back into the shop, the business, the business wouldn't honour it. Now we also heard from fantastic stories from businesses who said absolutely come in, no problem, we will acknowledge it. But But some businesses, very strict about this, there's an expiry date, you must spend it by the expiry date. And then I heard of other Um, gift vouchers say you got a 50 euro gift voucher and if you went in somewhere and you spent 38 euro was all you spent you lost the 12 euro which I never knew that that existed but seemingly in the terms and conditions on some of the gift cards that's the way it goes so it's like use it or lose it and we're always we always give that advice to people at Christmas if you do if you did receive a gift card get out there as soon after Christmas as you can and spend it to make sure that you get your values worth because it's you know somebody's hard earned cash has bought that gift voucher and it's only right and proper that people get the true value of it so we're going to be talking about that on the programme we'll preview the Cork North Central by-election that's happening on Friday we'll go through the various uh, candidates and the issues that's affecting that area. And then I'm looking forward to speaking with uh, Katie Holly. She is the young Charleville playwright. She has a new play that is going to be staged in the Schoolyard Theatre in Charleville next month in in December. And I will speak with uh, Katie about the new play. And then Joe Heffernan joins us. And today on the programme, Joe is going to be talking about uh, self-harm. So that and more between now and one. Your thoughts and comments welcome. A lot of people reacting to... 
the piece on speeding and Shane Ross and the proposal that's going to go before Cabinet today for this graduated speeding penalties. Uh, firstly, in on WhatsApp. Oh, and thank you on WhatsApp. A listener has been back on just to give us a quick traffic update to say the traffic is moving again on the South Link. We were getting reports in earlier the traffic was literally at a standstill. So it's back up and running. Thank you to our listener for that. Uh, Audrey says, I think Shane Ross should go for a lot bigger fines only when it comes to speeding. So I'm assuming Audrey means from that, drop the penalty points and just issue very high fines, hit people in the in their pockets. Pat in from Moy said, could those people, can those people who are giving out what Shane Ross is trying to do not understand that speed limits are not targets uh, and these apply in every single town. So basically, slow down. If you're over the speed limit, then you are the one that are at fault and you need, to, if you're caught, then you need to take the punishment. John in Skibbereen said, is there anything coming out for slow drivers? They're a menace on our road. Also industrial, are tractors driving, driving on the road that do not pull in to let motorists pass. These slow drivers are causing accidents people, as people are trying to pass them out. They are a real menace on our road. Tom in Grenade said, I was travelling to Mallow on Monday morning and a guy pulled out in front of me at a junction heading to Mallow. He then proceeded to travel at 40 to 50 kilometres on a road that has a speed limit of 100k. There was a huge tailback of traffic behind him. So Tom is like our similar caller. Who was it? Um, John and Skibbereen. Why are drivers like that not being dealt with? Why is it always the speeding drivers? Why not the slow drivers? OK, that's just some of your calls in on speeding. And actually, we had a couple of calls. Or I think maybe this came from social media on the traffic in Bandon, traffic in Bandon with all the works that are going on there at the moment. John says, in Kinsale, work was started on one road, fully completed, before they moved on to the next portion. Why or oh why could they not have done that in Bandon? Jerry says, I've lived in Bandon all of my life. I actually had to sit down yesterday and think hard about how I was going to get from one side of the town to the other side of the town. Such is the amount of road works in the town. And Karen said, I was driving from Dublin to Dunmanway. Spent an hour going around in circles yesterday trying to get onto the Dunmanway road. Such were the poor signage and the direction that I received from those working on the road. At one stage Karen said I ended up in Crossbarry. All right, it's not a happy camper at all. 1850-333-103 OK and before we go to uh, Katrina Toomey from Penny Dinners uh, Joseph from Joseph's Hair Salon that lovely, lovely man and his wonderful uh, business in Glasheen has been on uh, to say that those families who are getting help from Cork Penny Dinners they are very free um, to to call into his salon and they'll fit them in for appointments at any stage and they'll look after them. They're just, they're, they're, he's such a great guy and he's got a great staff uh, behind him as well. Uh, thank you for that. And another suggestion to that family. Hi Trish, listening to the family going into Penny Dinners and taking the dinners home for the children. I would also have a suggestion for them. They could go into Feed Cork, the charity, on a Wednesday at 12 and then they would get food. They hand out hampers or baskets of food and then they could cook the food at home themselves. There's also a lovely cafe in there with free teas, coffees, 
sandwiches and cakes uh, etc that's Feed Cork who are another wonderful wonderful charity uh, let's take a break and Katrina Toomey joins us after this Cork Today on C103 with Cork City Council and Glow a Cork Christmas celebration get into the family festive spirit with a visit to Glow on the Grand Parade open every weekend until Christmas a Cork band once asked where's me jumper now C103 is asking it too where's me Cork Simon Christmas jumper Every year, thousands of people here in Cork get together to help fight homelessness by wearing a Christmas jumper to work, school or anywhere. Don't make a song and dance about it. Simply get your fundraising pack now at CorkSimon.ie. The Cork Simon Christmas Jumper Day. It's time to wear your jumper with C103. Yesterday, as I've already mentioned, we had an outpouring of uh, support for a Cork couple who've fallen on hard times and whose story was featured in yesterday's Echo. The couple, John and Martha, they're not their real names, use the services of Cork Penny Dinners. And uh, joining me from there is uh, Katrina Toomey. Good morning to you, Katrina. Good morning, Patricia. Now, Katrina, you would know, obviously, the couple behind the names of, of John and Martha. Is is their story that was shared yesterday, is that very typical? It is, yeah. And um, I think we just, we kind of invented that a group of ago just to, so that people... Uh, you know, wouldn't know what to tell their children. We just said, tell them that you made it themselves. They're not going to be there. They're not going to know whether you did or not. Like, so that the dinner would be there. So that that works, you know, for them. And we also tell it, you know, we've been saying like some people come into the hampers and they're afraid to come in and we say, we'll just pretend that you're taking it to someone and we'll say thanks for delivering and helping us. And, you know, you have to go to every limb you can to prevent the, the pain. You know, yeah, and it's this—it's—it's prote- protecting. In, in in this case, the the couple are trying to protect their children from the stigma of poverty. Of course, they are. Could you imagine it? Because look, it's the sad reality of life in Ireland now, heading to twenty twenty. And again, like you'd wonder, like in twenty twenty, should these things be happening? They're happening more and more, and there'll be more numbers in twenty twenty because obviously. Things aren't great, and we keep on saying this: homelessness, the figures are rising, the poverty levels are rising, everything's rising. Mental health services are being, you know, they're just being blitzed by people. Like so many people are falling through the loops, and mental health is setting in with a huge amount of people. Long ago, we had um, the building of the Lee Road, and, and uh, the other ones, and and above, and whether they were good, bad, or indifferent, it, it was a place for for people to go to. But we just need a, a place or so for, for people with mental health issues to go to and to keep them safe. Nobody's been kept safe. If you're homeless, you're not safe. If, if you're in poverty and, and in struggle, you're not safe. If you have mental health issues, you're not safe. And it's very, very hard to be witnessing what we witness. Hence the amount of suicides that we have up and down the country as well. But in Cork, you know, everything is growing and it shouldn't be. Yeah. And and this thing of when you're in private rented accommodation, just trying to keep the roof o- over your head. So, I mean, I certainly can understand why any couple will prioritise. The rent has got to be the first thing to be paid. And so, therefore, when the bills are paid, the only thing you've left to save on is food. Yeah. And that's, that always suffers because people have to pay the bills first. And, you know, in the winter, it's just, this country, like it's cold, wet, damp, it's miserable. 
people have to have heating as well and everything they need and your money more so in the winter than what it does in the summer. And um, again, it frightens people. And then we have Christmas and and people are scared by it because children children need Christmas. Like it's that time of the year, like you know, where a lot of it, it, it teaches children about giving and receiving and stuff. But sometimes if the parents don't have have it to give, we imagine the pain they're going through. And Martha, uh, the mother here, said she hasn't yeah. been able to ask her own uh, parents for help, but she's hoping that she, she, you know, that they might help her out at at Christmas. Do you do people find it hard to say I need help? Oh, they do. They find it very hard. Yeah, really, really, really do. You know, and um, some people, some people are born survivors, but the majority are not. And when something new hits them, a new situation. They find it very difficult, and I suppose ringing us is the last straw. You know, the straw that broke the camel's back, like the ring in a soup kitchen, and they're seeking help, and that is very, very difficult for them. And you can hear it in their voices, and you can feel it from them. And even when they come in, they're trying to get it all out, and they can't get it out fast enough. You know, just to to get it off their chest to say it, like to have the courage to say it, and you can see the pain, and it's very visible. And again, this is something like that our government should hang its head in shame about having people to, to you know, I suppose to, to the people that's looking for the help. They feel like they're begging, they feel like they're begging, they feel like they're, I know. You know, they're, they're down, down rock bottom and they feel awful about it. But we tell them they're actually not, they're actually, they're, they're facing it, they're grasping it and they're going and they're getting the help that they need to survive. And again, that's a, a huge thing for somebody to, to understand they just do it because they could be hungry they don't want their children going hungry but to come and to ask for a lot of people is very very difficult you know and uh, you know Cork is a small place but I think if you're, if you're in Cork you're in a very lucky place because everybody wants to help and really that's the important thing about Cork nobody wants to see anybody suffer especially and then in the midst of it yesterday when we were getting you know great offers of, of support and help for this uh, family Katrina we did have uh, Willie from y'all one of our listeners who, who came on air and he was making the point that food has never been cheaper and that families should prioritise and, and buy their food first before they pay any bill but that's not the reality that's not what people are going to do that's, that's not what people can do because they're not able they don't have the money to do it the money's been spent on bills and the money's been spent on rent and spent on mortgages and it's not just families like we've individuals as well we've individuals coming into us that are working and they can barely keep the roof over their head and get to work and, and pay one or two bills and then have nothing left because they might have to commute to work and they'll come in and they'll grab a sandwich off of their lunch I mean this is a working, working man or a working woman we've students going to college that are hungry and they're trying to, you know, stick it out and get through. But how can you study in a, an empty stomach? Like, it's not bad management. It's just there isn't enough money for it to stretch. And people have to understand that, regardless of how cheap food is. People yeah, I know. Because because Willie yesterday said, you know, that uh, if he had four euro, he could he could cook a, a good dinner out of four euro. And I said, yeah, that's okay. But if you don't have four euro, you can't cook a good dinner. It's no, like it can't. comes down to that. There are people who have no money in a personal wallet. Exactly. And this is what people have to understand. Like people people are coming looking for stuff because it, it, it's an easy
easy option. They're coming because they're desperate. There's a, it's a desperation, uh, and they have to come. They simply don't have the money. And like when you look at it, you know, not all jobs are, are good-paying jobs, and struggle for those like uh, and the, the lower scale of the, the income bracket is, is very, very real indeed. You know, and people do try. To, can you imagine if you have two or three children and they're going to school? There isn't a week that goes by that children don't have to take some money of some form to school for something or other. So there's. There's lots of, you know, just going to say if you have four euro, but if somebody doesn't have that four euro, what do they do? And then Martha spoke about the anxiety and the stress of living in poverty and that waking up every morning and that feeling in the pit of, of her stomach. I mean, you can't, you can't, that can't be good for your health. You can't live like that. No, no. And this is, this is where people are suffering big time. One thing leads to another. So the struggle and the worry about providing is, you know, it leads to some sort of stress within the parents. And again, that is not good for their health at all. And it's very sad to see. I actually didn't even know that, that they, they told that story because somebody rang me to say about the, the, the article. And then, then I read it and then it hit home. Sometimes when we're inside, we think of things to kind of spare a person's feelings. And we think of all things, you know, for to do that, you know, sometimes somebody might come in for some tweet and say, look, on an apron there, if, if, they're, if, if they're nervous, you know, about coming in and yeah. just as a volunteer or something like that. It, it only struck me then how far we go to kind of spare people's feelings. And again, like going back to Willie and the four euros, if people are struggling and if people are in pain, the four euros doesn't matter. It's the pain and the struggle that matters. And that's what we have to address, uh, and we have to help them, you know. And, yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. And I, like I was, you know, I I would love um, for that woman to reach out to her own family because if her own family, you know, I, I was trying to make the point to people that no, none of us know what's going on behind closed doors. And you know, any of these people could be our neighbours, could be our family members. Yeah, and you know, sometimes. Even people reaching out to their families, maybe their families haven't got it a lot yeah, either. Yeah, that's true. And we, we have to think, you know, you have to try and think of everything. It's it's not very easy to think of everything, but you have to think that there's something. Do you know, anybody's circumstances can change. It could be a death in the family. It could be an illness in the family. It could be a separation. It could be a loss of a job. It could be anything that changes a person's circumstance. And I would always say to people, don't be thinking it's did they turn to drink? Did they turn to drugs? Did they do this? Did they do that? It's a circumstance change. It's a present situation. And that could be any type of a circumstance whatsoever. And again, we, we like, we're looking at the dinner, we said, you know, our ethos no questions asked, you know, no judgments made. And that saves us having to think too far into something. We're there to help people. We will provide that help. And everybody coming to us is in need of that help. They wouldn't be coming to us in other ways. I guarantee you. And when we when we see the pain in their eyes, and if anybody that witnesses, like all volunteers inside would go above and beyond everybody because they witness what I witness. And then we do the right thing. And the right thing is to look after them. So we do it and we go above and beyond to help. And that's just just the way it is. Yeah, and you know, there but for the grace of God go any of us. I mean, this family up to June 
the dad had a job. He lost his yeah. job, and it's just yeah. it's just spiraled out of control. From the you know it's you what know, yeah. you're one paycheck away from 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 being in the same situation, and yeah. people in Cork, uh, Katrina, as generous as ever to support the work that you're doing. They're, they're absolutely unreal. You have no idea, Patricia. We we've never had a fundraiser, and the people of Cork keep help us to keep the doors open. They expect us to roll out a good service. And we do. And, you know, it's like we're all in this together. Those that can come in physically to help will help in a different way. And that's just what keeps our doors open. And our doors doors were never needed to be open so much as what they are now. The numbers are growing. The homeless figures have, have risen big time again. And, you know, you can see them. Like, if you go into the... If you, if you see the people that are staying in the B&Bs and the hotels and people say, well, they have a roof over that they're inside in one room, whole family, and they're doing everything inside in that room. And if you have children of secondary school age having to try and do homework, having to try and do stuff with their younger brothers and sisters, it none of it is right. And it really is setting the trend for mental health for children, you know, to, to set in the stress of it all and all of them. You know, and you know, recently a family found themselves homeless and Mum was pregnant with the third child, <coughs> and for, for them again, everything was fine until the landlord wanted a house for his own daughter. And um, they got time to get out, they had to get out, and now they're staying in one room. And the new baby's here, the new baby's about three weeks or four weeks old now, and they're stuck inside their room. And they're like, last soul, they're plunged into something that they were never used to, they're plunged into something that they thought would never happen to them, and they're there in the It's not easy. A listener says, just wondering, will Penny Dinners take donations of clothes and bedclothes, etc.? I'm clearing out the house after the death of my father. He did a lot of clothes, many of them unworn and duvets. They may be of use to homeless people. Could I drop them into Penny Dinners? Is that something you yeah. take? Yeah, people people can do that. But again, coming up to Christmas, what we would be asking people for is to, we're trying to make somebody's life a bit better on Christmas Day and especially for the children and we like to give them like new presents on Christmas Day because it is Christmas and you always give new on Christmas You're still Day. looking for gifts you, you, you the Christmas <laughs> gift appeal is that still ongoing? Yeah and yeah. we'd say to people at this stage just even if they want to just buy a voucher for the cinema buy a voucher for some fast food place to give people another hour or two or three hours out of the environment that they're in you know, they can't be walking in or sitting around the streets all day long. But just to get them in out of the cold, get them in out of the wet. Send them off to the pictures, yeah. Send them off, you know, all right, and I know that there is the Balancholic Vintage Club. They're running a food appeal for penny dinners, and that's happening next Saturday all day at Tesco in Balancholic. Yeah, and yeah. people, people are tremendous from all corners of Cockley. They're absolutely brilliant to us. You have, okay. you have no idea what what, what they, they. Well, do long may us. that continue, and long may you and the great bunch of volunteers that work with you uh, continue, Katrina. We will speak again, but in the meantime, thank you for that. 
And thanks for joining us on the programme this morning. Good morning to you. Bye bye. Bye bye. That is the wonderful uh, Katrina Toomey of uh, Cork Penny Dinners. Cork Today on C103. With Cork City Council and Glow. A Cork Christmas celebration. Festive food and fun. The Ferris Wheel and so much more on the Grand Parade. Visit Glow. Open every weekend until Christmas. The C103 Cork Diary is a free service to help non-profit organisations all over Cork. So, if you're a community group or a charity that's holding a fundraising event or meeting, send us the details at least one week in advance and we'll tell Cork all about it. Email info at c103.ie. The Cork Diary. With Cork County Council. Supporting businesses. Supporting communities. Serving Cork. Visit corkcoco.ie. C103. I ran way over with uh, Katrina Toomey of Cork Penny Dinners I just think when that woman talks and the way she talks and what she's talking about and the reality of what is going on here in our city and county and it does affect the county as well because so many people from the county who end up in homeless situations or end up needing help end up moving up or heading up to the city to try to get uh, help. It's really, really, it is heartbreaking. So uh, we're going, we've pushed Dermot Jewell on the voucher issue that we're going to discuss and actually thank you I can see people t- sending in stories about vouchers we're pushing that until after uh, 11 so if you've got a story about a voucher did you have a voucher was it not honoured was it honoured what happened to it let us know and we'll talk about the new legislation which is due to be introduced uh, soon but unfortunately got to take another break Cork Today on C103 with Cork City Council and Glow a Cork Christmas celebration food markets Ferris wheel and a fun festive park on the Grand Parade visit Glow open every weekend until Christmas. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Now the government is expected to enact the long-awaited Consumer Protection Gift Voucher Bill this Friday. Discuss what it will oblige businesses to do once enacted. I'm joined by Dermot Jewell of the Consumer Association of Ireland. Uh, Good morning to you Dermot. Morning Patricia. And you are very welcome uh, to the programme. How long has this campaign been running to protect consumers when it comes to gift vouchers? Because as long as I've been doing this programme, which was, I celebrated 29 years last year, for I'm nearly as long talking to you nearly every Christmas, I'd have to bring you on to try to sort out the problems. How long has it been going on? Well, it's interesting because from my time, which is 25 years, I've been pushing for this. Um, and it's, it's, so it goes back as long as, uh, for, for a quite a long time. And we really re-kicked it in, in 2017 when we, we looked for a credit where it's due campaign. Um, and finally we're, we're at the stage, but as I say, many, many, many years. Have you any understanding why it's taken so long? Um, not really, um, to be honest with you. I just don't think that there was a, 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 a focus, a sufficient focus on it. Um, I'm not saying it happens with all consumer issues, but it certainly was an issue that was ignored for so long. Um, and in all honesty, too, let's be clear about it, um, retail fought back quite significantly um, at different times on this, saying, look, we're doing our best, etc., etc. Um, and, you know, if... if they would have argued, and they still will potentially have argued, that um, going beyond a year um, places them in a difficult position in terms of providing money, etc., to make sure that it meets them, meets the, the requirements in, in their accounts, etc. But that's what every business has to do. So um, it's it's long past time where something that was created by retail was actually made fit for purpose for consumers. What is the most common gripe with regards to gift vouchers? 
the most common, th- there are a few of them. One is um, the, the, the time period. It's either three months, six months, or 12 months. That's one. Okay. Um, and at month 14 or 15, depending upon who you went back to, if it was a small store, they very often said, look, we, 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 we can't um, honour that, um, which would start a row. Um, bigger stores in general, not all, but some would have negotiated and said, look, okay, um, it's not too bad. And some of the retailers would have said, look, we're not really bothered when it was issued. Well, we're happy to honour it. I, I've known some retail business institutions that um, some people walked in with, with vouchers that were written in pounds, not even <laughs> bunts, um, and they honoured them, you know. So it was a mixed bag, but that was the big complaint. Look, it's expired. How can money devalue to nothing after 12 months? That was one. The second one was where... And sorry, um, with, and sorry. a business within they were within their rights. If I had a gift voucher for and it was valid for 12 months and I went in at 13 months, they were within their rights to say, sorry, that gift voucher is null and void. Yeah, that's okay. exactly it. All right, um, so, what, is, so what else then is... Um, the next one would be where um, somebody went in with a voucher, let's say for €50, Euro, um, they spent 45 of it or 43 of it and they were told, thank you, that's it, now that's great. Um, and they were not given change or they were not given a voucher to the value of the, the difference of seven or eight euro. Now, under the new bill, they'll have to give the change or a new voucher, one or the other. But should um, that was so, te- how did they get away with that? Well, they, they just, you see, this is it. There was no rules around it, no laws, no regulations. They could do what they wanted. And that was the big problem. Um, and I think it was elements like this when explained that got the attention of, of government which uh, and, and what, what drove this bill finally forward because we started to promote the problems that people were having and these were ordinary individuals who were given a voucher purportedly in good faith only to find it was a waste of their time and effort and money just because they had forgotten about it which is an issue that's going to come up in, in the coming months to be honest with you um, because it's a big deal in relation to what's going on next but that was the second one and then the third one would be where it was made out to let's say Dermot Duell and it was spent D-U-A-L um, and it, it, that's not me um, it's, it's spelled differently so sometimes there would have been an argument a debate and a rejection of it because oh. well that doesn't, that's not you oh. um, you know so it just it just kept getting worse and then when I mentioned you were coming on as I knew we were going to get a string of calls in from listeners with their own stories to tell Mary says Patricia comment on the gift vouchers my daughter got a present of a 20 euro one for all voucher and like the usual story she forgot about it when she went to spend it the lady at the till said you need to check the balance on it when she went online to check the balance there was only four euro left out of the 20 even though it had never been used the one for all company had taken away so much every month when the voucher wasn't uh, used Uh, I thought it was a very mean thing to do says Mary that was another or that is another common practice it is and you've hit the biggest nail on the head now Patricia in all honesty because I've been engaging with with that particular organisation now in the last 24 hours they're excluded from this, um, and they, why? They, they, why? Because it's it's argued, and they argue to the minister, and they argue quite strongly to the minister that, that theirs is a, is a is a very different model. That um, they produce a card, and the money, unlike um, credit notes or credit vouchers, um, is guaranteed. So if the business fails, you still get your money, um, oh, okay. and that therefore after thirteen months of non-use, um, the, the the charges will start to, to, to 
compile, which is at 145 a month. And they argue, and it's not an unrealistic argue, argument, that, look, if, if we're to maintain the value of the money, um, there, there, there's really got to be a message put forward to use these cards yeah, and yeah. use them sooner than because later. Because there's, there's no expiry date on an offer one voucher. Except no. the money will run out. Except the money will run out. Yeah, and there's, yeah. a, there's an expiry date on the card and that's because of the card company, but the card can be renewed. Okay. Um, and that's fair enough. But this is the one, and as I say, uh, pe- people may get a little bit excited and, and upset about it, and I, I don't blame them. I had hoped that there might have been some some extension of the one-for-all um, charge before it would kick in. But I can understand why it hasn't happened, um, because it is a business, it is a protected structure, and I know where, I understand where they're coming from, but we really have got, that's why I say, in the months ahead, we have got to emphasise the one message all the time. If you get a card or a voucher, enjoy it, use it. Because Br- Bridget and Donner, I was on to say, I gave a gift voucher last year to a friend of mine to go have a meal at a restaurant. However, the restaurant closed. The new a restaurant taken over by new owners, they wouldn't honour the voucher. I won't be buying v- gift vouchers this year, says Bridget. That again happens. That again happens. And this is the problem. This is why it is the thing to do get rid of it as soon as possible. And I don't mean that in a negative way, but use it, as I say, and enjoy it because it's a problem. And one of the things, I mean, there are so many varying outlets and bodies and, and retail outlets that issue cards. I mean, you can get it. You can get it. It's not just one for all. You can get a card in a shopping centre, ideally fixed to a, sh- a particular shopping centre or for a particular business um, to take a flight, etc., etc. But a phenomenal amount of them are not used. And the, the Department of Business, Enterprise and Innovation issued figures stating that the annual gift voucher sales last year was approximately 600 million euro. And the, the really, really frightening part that follows on to that is that of that 600 million euro, 120 million has not been redeemed. Whoa. That's Goodness me, that's an incredible figure. Tim wants to point out there's no expiry dates on Meadow and Burns gift vouchers. Some of them Very don't good. have, don't, some of them don't have, have uh, expiry dates. Uh, Monica said, just to make people aware, that some gift vouchers from Next and Debenhams, etc., can now no longer be used in the US. UK. At one stage, you were able to use them. They now can only be used in the country of purchase. Also, uh, a warning to people, if you're buying Eason's vouchers, beware that their online vouchers and their in-store vouchers are completely different. You cannot buy and you cannot pay online with an in-store voucher or vice versa. And that's because all of these stores are uh, their individual businesses. They yeah, just run under the... Quite extraordinary, the difficulties that yeah. consumers face with these. Um, this bill will go some part of the way towards resolving that. It's certainly for a start. The, the, the idea of putting the minimum of five years term on them helps a lot because it allows time to negotiate. If particularly if somebody does find one and go, oh dear Lord, it expired yesterday, what am I going to do? It gives you a bit of breathing space to say, well, don't do it again and figure out whether you want to use it online or in the store and what you can do. It, it, it helps a lot. And Kat says, how long can you keep a one for all voucher before the company start taking money off? Uh, it, it it starts to deduct after at month for after month thirteen. At month thirteen. See that's the, that's this is the thing. People put them away in drawers. Oh, I'm going to spend that, and then they forget about it. So you need to spend it. You need to spend it at ASAP. And now, and um, the this new piece of legislation, we have to wait until the president signs it off, isn't it? 
Yeah, absolutely. And what happens when the president signs it off, then, you know, it's generally put, then it's, 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 it's all done. It's not quite because it needs to be enacted formally through the, the legislative system. And it takes a few days for that to be done. You can imagine there's a significant of other signatures and stamps that need to be done to put it up. And, and that's it. It's now the law. So the, the, the article that, that I commented through um, on the newspaper was that they had suggested it would be in on the 29th. I don't think it's going to be the 29th. It's going to be some days after that. But the Department um, of Business, Enterprise and Innovation are going to notify that very soon, very, very quickly. They just, because they're, they're trying to fast-track this. It normally takes a, about a week after the president signs for something to come through. They're trying to fast-track that even quicker. Yeah, and it's not retrospective, so it'll only be... That's it. It's only from the date yeah, of, okay. of its enactment. So that's right. why we're saying to people, try not to buy over the next few days or try not to accept a, go- a gift voucher or a gift token. Um, or, or, or if they are, are insisting you take one, they'll say, fine, will you write on that, please, the date that it expires? Is, are you going to give me the five years or are you not? OK. OK. Do you ever buy gift vouchers? Um, very rarely to be honest with you yeah, <laughs> I thought not I thought not listen have a happy Christmas if we don't talk to you between Thank now you and then you. and thanks as always thanks, uh, good morning to you bye 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 well lovely gentlemen that is uh, Dermot Jewell of the Consumers Association of Ireland hold off on your gift vouchers please uh, she's somebody and actually Dermot's just gone off the line just spotted a text how long are done stores vouchers valid for I got two last year I, I don't know I simply don't know I don't know if there's an expiry date on them or not you'd need to check in with Dunn Stores on that particular one. Now can I just we Katrina Toomey from Penny Dinners on in the last hour and I overran with her that's why I was late getting to uh, Dermot but I just, I just thought the way she was talking with the people and, and the way she was helping people and the, the type of help and how they're trying to help people at Christmas this year. That's led to some calls coming in from people because yesterday we had such such great kindness being put forward for that family and people wanting to help in, in any way they, they could and today we've people being a bit I suppose, judgmental. Eta from Douglas was on, and okay, Eta, you're entitled to your opinion. But anyway, Eta was listening, listening. Now, bearing in mind, this came in while Katrina was on, so she was listening to Katrina Toomey from Cork Penny Dinners. So there is one thing that people forget to mention uh, in all of this is personal responsibility. If you go to the streets around Penny Dinners, you'll see people who are addicts. People need to sort out their addiction. I am really cross as we cannot go anywhere without coming across collections. Yes, there are genuine people out there who need help, but there are also people who are attending penny dinners who are falling in and out of penny dinners. A lot of people are walking away. A lot of people are walking away from these addicts. I don't know what you mean by that. Um, The money going into these charities to help addicts isn't right these addicts need help. The hard questions are not being asked on why addicts are being left in and out. Getting state payouts by means of social welfare. We could all be in penny dinners if we became addicts. Uh, but again, there are genuine cases. How very judgmental of you for a start, uh, Isha, uh, and also how very Christian of you. If you had listened, and, and I checked with John Paul because it came in while, while I was talking with Katrina, so she was listening to uh, Katrina. Uh, one, the one thing Katrina said and spoke at length during the interview. And if you want to hear the playback tonight, you'll hear her talk about it. She's spoken about the people with addictions. She's spoken about people that need help, but the help is not there for them. But she also very clearly talks about the people that come in to use the services of Penny Dinners, that they never judge anyone. If people come in looking for help, they're there to help them. And thank God 
that they're not judge and jury. Thank God that they're not standing there asking people, are you an addict? Have you been drinking? Are you a drug addict? What are you taking? What are you doing with your money? They don't judge people. They see people at rock bottom and they help them out in a very Christian and kind way. And, you know, Isha, it's it's all great to say, you know, these are addicts and we shouldn't be helping them and they need to face up to their own addiction. God forbid that addiction will ever land on your doorstep or my doorstep. And, you know, that saying, walk a mile in someone's shoes before you, before you comment. You're entitled to your opinion, but I have to say, I really, I think it's very judgmental and I really don't agree with it. And Tim is kind of on a similar vein saying, you see the poorest of people walking around with cigarettes in their mouths and once they get their social welfare payments, they're straight off to the pub. They're misspending their money. Again, Tim, you're being very judgmental and you can't say that everyone that goes in looking for help for penny dinners is in there with a cigarette hanging out of their mouth and is spending all of their money down at the off-licence or with the local drug dealer because that is certainly not the case when you listen to the family that we spoke about yesterday and that's why we brought Katrina on because they see and work with many, many more families uh, like that. And Kevin in Bishopstown says, why are we spending so much money on an event centre when the money could be better spelt spent elsewhere. The state should have purchased the old square deal building and put every homeless service into that building such as the Cork Simon community, Cork Penny Dinners and have them all under one roof. Um, well done. Good suggestion uh, Kevin. Thank you for that. 1850 103 John Paul taking your calls. If you want to um, text or WhatsApp uh, you can. You can call 0862 103 103. C103 Jobs. With Hewitt College, now enrolling for Christmas junior and leaving certificate revision courses. Your success is built on their experience. See hewittcollege.ie. Experienced bar person required to work at Springford Hall in Mallow, while part-time leisure attendant is wanted for the High B Fitness Centre, also in Mallow. Caregivers required for ovens, Balancholic Douglas and Cork City areas, and a multi-drop van driver is wanted for an immediate uh, start, and you'll be working up to and including uh, December the 24th. You'll find all the details and more job opportunities by going online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is... C103. Cork today on C103. With Cork City Council and Glow, a Cork Christmas celebration. Get into the family festive spirit with a visit to Glow on the Grand Parade. Open every weekend until Christmas. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. And by the way, I just checked to the listener who was wondering is there an ex- what's the expiry date on Dunn Stores vouchers when we were just talking to Dermot Jewell about gift vouchers and she's got a couple of Dunn Stores gift vouchers that she got in the last year and she's worried now about the expiry date because there's nothing actually printed on it. Uh, gift cards bought in-store at Dunn's are activated at the time of purchase and they're valid for 24 months and gift card purchased at dunnstores.com are also valid for 24 months. So it's two years and when the legislation changed they'll have to change that to five years but at the moment two years so that listener is fine because she only got the vouchers during the year. Now if you live in Cork North Central constituency then you will know that there is a by-election this Friday with polling stations opening at 7am in the morning and closing at 10pm. To preview the constituency I'm joined by our senior news reporter Fiona Corcoran. Good morning to you Fiona. Good morning Patricia. And just to remind listeners the reason for this by-election. The reason why we're having a by-election in Cork North Central is because Fianna Fáil Billy Kelleher was elected 
to the European Parliament earlier this year. So he vacated his seat in Dolaren. So we need to now uh, fill that seat that's been empty since he's gone to uh, the European Parliament. So that's the reason why we're having a by-election. Now, we will be having a general election next year, which is a different thing. Again, it's... um, you know, that'll take in the whole country. But there's only, there's four by-elections around the country and Cork North Central is one of those by-elections. And and Um, the fact that there is a general election in a few months' time, it's fair to say that whoever wins this seat is just really keeping the doll seat warm. That's right, yeah. And I mean, I've no doubt whoever gets elected will run again and they'll probably have a good chance then the next time around. And plus it'll... um, Put some of the candidates, there's 12 candidates running in this by-election and it'll put them out into the public domain as well for the general election. Now, I'm not sure if they'll all run in the general election, but I'm sure some of them have uh, their eye on that on that seat. For the and it's, because it's a four-seater, isn't it? That's right, yeah. Four-seater. Uh, now, what, what's unusual about this constituency is it's split between rural and urban Cork City. Um, and not even that, Patricia. It's split between the north side and the south side of Cork City. Um, it's a very, very diverse constituency. It covers a lot of the north side of Cork City, Blackpool, Farnry, Gronabraher, Knocknaheeny. Um, it also comes over to the south side of the city and covers areas like Bishopstown and Lachine. Um, it also goes out then into rural areas such as Blarney all the way up to Moore Abbey. Um, and then on the other side, um, it goes out as far as commuter towns like uh, Dlamire, uh, Downtown and Little Island. So obviously, um, there will be a lot of different issues on the doorsteps for the candidates as they go around. But I think, um, you know, the main issue, uh, I've been talking to some people th- this week in the constituency, and one of the biggest issues is housing and homelessness in Cork City. There's a lot of people also very concerned about health care in the city, particularly with hospital overcrowding. And then other areas will have their own issues like transport, infrastructure, um, jobs. And, you know, so the candidates have a tough task to try and appeal to a lot of very different people with a lot of very different issues and concerns that they want to voice. The Northern, so Ring, the Northern Ring Road would be a huge issue, wouldn't it, in this area? Yeah, um, as I said there, infrastructure is a massive um, issue. You know, you've got the Northern Ring Road, which um, is affecting everybody on the north side of the city. Um, and even as you go out towards the, the Mallow Road there, um, you know, I mean, every day we hear of traffic congestion in the area. And some people say as well that they can't um, develop, uh, they, they can't develop new um uh, com- new companies can't come into the north side of the city because of the lack of this um, North Ring Road and indeed the M20 Court to Limerick motorway. Um, and people are saying, are, are concerned that until those um, uh, roads are delivered, we won't be able to expand the north side of the city and build uh, and bring in new companies. And I did talk to a man yesterday in Blackpool and he told me that um, you know, that he feels that the north side of the city has been very let down and has been ignored by the government and that they don't have the same kind of pace of development as maybe other areas of the city and county would have. And a big factor behind all of that is the infrastructure. And again, the... Speaking of infrastructure, we have the the Dunkettle interchange upgrade, which was due to start work soon, and that's been delayed for another year. And, you know, that causes massive problems, um, particularly at peak traffic times in the morning and the evening for areas like uh, Glanmire and Little Island and anybody who's travelling on that South Ring Road, uh, you know, we we really need to get that uh, that um, junction upgraded yeah. as soon as possible. Okay, looking at the, the runners and riders, as they, as they say, the 12 candidates, is this widely considered Fianna Fáil's seat to lose? 
It is, yeah. Um, the Fianna Fáil candidate is Padraig O'Sullivan. He was elected to Cork County Council earlier this year. Um, he's from Glanmire and, um, you know, he's he's been, he's proven himself so far on the, the county council. He's uh He's a member of the Roads and Transport SBC and he's a member of Planning SBC. He's been vocal on issues like housing, transport and infrastructure. So it's, um, and a lot of the polls are putting him out in front um, at the minute and it, that people are saying that it's a Fianna Fáil seat to lose. But he's going to have a tough battle, Patricia, because Cullen Burke is the Fianna Gael candidate and he's doing really well, especially on the north side of the city and in rural areas of the constituency. Um, now he um, is a well-known figure here in Cork He's currently a senator, but he was a Cork City Councillor between 1999 and 2007. And during that time, he served as Lord Mayor for a year. He was also in the European Parliament. And he's known as a very hard worker and has been very active on the, the doorsteps and has been campaigning for issues again like housing, health, crime. Um, and he is considered to be a very strong candidate and will do very well in this race. Um, and I think, you know, if you come down on, Saturday when we go to the county to come down to maybe transfer of votes and again um, people have been trying to emphasise the fact that you know people okay people want to get the number one vote but the number twos and the number threes and the number fours are equally as important important. and then Sinn Féin have uh, Thomas Gould he'll also be very well known in the constituency yeah, that's right, Patricia. Thomas Gould is a Cork City Councillor and he's been very vocal in the last couple of years on the whole housing and homelessness issue in the city. And indeed, um, he, he was one of the main organisers behind the protest that took place outside City Hall in the last few weeks. And he's been calling for changes to... Um, uh, he's been calling for more accessible and, and social housing, but he's also been very active calling for changes around how... Um, vacant dwellings are dealt with in the city and he wants the city council to compulsory purchase um, a lot of those vacant dwellings and, and, and open them up as social housing. So he's been really vocal on that issue and he's um, considered to be a very strong candidate in the constituency. He's from the north side of the city and would be very well known around there um, as opposed to remains to be seen if that appeal has transferred to more rural areas. Of yeah, and also it depends on what the turnout is going to be like and what areas uh, turn out the most. This, That's of course, is also... Been, um, they lost four seats in Cork City Council during the last local election and they um, said that a big factor for them was a low voter turnout in the areas where they would have um, been thought that they would have done well. Yeah. So, you know, I think it's... Um, Tom's Gould has been calling for people to make sure that they come out and vote on Friday. Now, this is also a strong Labour tradition in, in Cork North Central. Of course, this is where Kathleen Lynch narrowly mm-hmm. lost out in her seat, but that was what was a very bad election in 2016 uh, for the Labour Party. Who, um, wh- what are Labour's chances here? Yeah, Patricia, um, the Labour candidate is John Maher. Now, he was elected to Cork City Council earlier this year in the local elections. Um, now, he seems to be very popular and will do well, but I don't think he has enough um, behind him at this stage um, to, to get this seat. But um, it's only a matter of time. I suppose he's fairly new to political life here in Cork City and he mightn't be as well known as some of the other candidates. But he is considered to be very um, a very strong candidate as well. Okay. He, uh, When he was voted in the local election the last time around, he was the only Labour uh, councillor to get a seat. And... Um, he got the second highest votes in his constituency as well. So he is popular. He's a, he's a young candidate. So, um, you know, 
Um, a lot of he's been very vocal on housing and healthcare as well, which you know obviously, as I said, they're, they're some of the biggest issues. Um, uh, and this issues. could leave him in a good position for the general for the general That's uh, right, election. Yeah. Now, the, you yeah. mentioned that Sinn Féin did badly in the local elections, whereas it was the flip for the Green Party. They had uh, mm-hmm. probably one of their best uh, local elections. And they're running Oliver Moore, and who took one of those council seats. That's right. Yeah. Um, the Green Party won four seats in Cork City Council, um, on Cork City Council during the last local elections. And one of those, as you said, was Oliver Moore. And, um, and since then, he's been very vocal on issues like uh, like the housing um, issue, more than everybody else, but he's also very vocal on transport and trying to improve commuting in the city and in the commuter areas. Uh, like he's from uh, Montanati, he works out in Little Island, so he would have experience of uh, gridlock um, on a daily basis. And he's been very much encouraging people to do alternative forms of transport and getting um, the city council and calling on the government to improve infrastructure around Cork. So um, I think he will do well. Again, no more than John Maher. I don't know if he has enough um, weight behind him at this stage to, to get win a by to win a by election. Yeah, and then again, f- putting himself out there for the general election next year, maybe. Fiona Ryan of Solidarity People before for profits. Of course, mm-hmm. she was uh, co-opted uh, to replace Mick Barry. She will be known, and she's been a vocal campaigner on many issues. She has, yeah. Again, um, very much, um, very strong on the whole housing issue. But this time around for the by election. She's really focusing her campaign on mental health, particularly the mental health of young people. And she had a press conference here in the city last week and said that uh, mental health has been a massive issue on the doorsteps uh, this time around for her. She said that people, um, you know, a lot of young people are facing issues now that they might not have ever um, faced in the, in the past, like um, affordable housing. A lot of people can't get on the property ladder um, and a lot of people are still living at home with their parents. Um, there, a lot of people are working 40 hours a week, but they're not getting enough money to try to save for um, for a house. And, you know, we've got a whole social media and bullying and, and that whole issue as well. So she's made mental health a, a big part of her campaign. And she believes that that's going to make her stand out. Um, now, whether it will or not remains to be seen. But again, as you said, she's, she's is a Cork City Councillor and she's very well known especially on the north side of the city. But um, again, you have to see, will that vote and will that appeal um, spread out to some of the more rural areas? Okay. And you would see where she might not be as well known. And then in the interest of fairness, uh, go uh, briefly go through the other candidates mm-hmm. that are running? Yeah, um, Sinead Halpin from the Social Democrats. Um, she doesn't seem to have any political experience, but um, has a background in volunteering with youth groups. Um there's Finian Toomey, he's a member of A2 and he's from Blarney. Um, James Collin, um, he's representing the Workers' Party. And we have three independents. Thomas Kiley, who did run in the last local election but wasn't elected. Um, and Martin Compton and Charlie Keddy. One of those is running in all four by-elections that it got. <laughs> Charlie Keddy. Charlie Keddy, he's running in all four by-elections. Don't know much about the man, but he is running as well. Okay, okay. and it is on Friday, uh, polling uh, yes. seven so people, seven in the morning. Yeah, um, so people get familiar with your local polling station, bring identification. Um, as you said, it's open all day. And then on Saturday, 
the votes will be counted in the more ages. So um, we should know, we should have a fair idea who's been elected by lunchtime on Saturday. OK. Listen, Fiona, it's always a pleasure to have you on the programme. Thank you for that. And Thank thanks you. for joining us. And uh, Fiona went out and about yesterday actually and did a Vox Pop uh, for us on the streets of uh, Cork North Central. And here's what some people had to say about the by-election. On a personal view, I think the nursery is being neglected terrible. No, and nothing is associated, you know, with the infrastructure they've over there as regards the roads. I mean, you can't make a comparison because there's none. I don't think our senior politicians in Cork are doing enough for Cork either. I mean, we have Mihal Martin and the same in Cove, New York. I mean, this event centre is the biggest shambles of all time, five years. And what are the issues, do you think, then, that are that need addressing here where you live? Where I live? But I suppose the most obvious one is the social housing, like uh, the, uh, the people on the waiting list. Even my own sister is on the waiting list nine years for a corporation house, yeah. She's on the waiting list nine years. I mean, she's rented out in Killeen's. I don't vote party any longer because um, I live in Glantons. We have a lot of issues with extra building going on there, so it's the people who are advocating for us are the people that I'd be interested in voting for. A big problem now is um, anybody coming in cannot get um, a GP from here up as far as Formoy. And are you living in the Glanmire area? I live just up the road here. Surgeries are closed, up as far as Formoy. You cannot, and in many of them they're not even taking waiting lists. The waiting lists have been so long they're not adding to them. The way the country's going at the moment with homelessness and stuff, it's very hard to decide who you're going to vote for yeah. because you don't know if you're doing right or wrong by you know who's going to actually do anything good by the country. So well, Is that one of the biggest issues, do you yes. think? Yes, major. Mm-hmm. Like It's just so sad. Like With social media, with Facebook and everything, you see the homelessness. It's just... <gasps> I just can't even deal with it at the moment. There are an awful lot of candidates for one seat. I don't see Fianna Fáil being beaten. Are you from uh, the Bishopstown area? Yeah. What kind of issues would you like to see the government do for, for Bishopstown? And well, to I mean, you know, the health services are in an awful mess... Uh, the hospitals down the road, people waiting for ages. I don't know what they can do about it. Yeah. They talk about uh, a care, etc. It's going to take an awful lot of money to get rid of the private practice in public hospitals and to compensate the, the staff for that. I don't think they have it. Well, thank you to Fiona there talking to some of the people on the streets of uh, Cork with uh, their concerns and their issues that they think uh, that need to be addressed in the by-election on Friday. Cork Today on C103. With Cork City Council and Glow, a Cork Christmas celebration. Food markets, Ferris wheel and a fun festive park on the Grand Parade. Visit Glow, open every weekend until Christmas. Here at C103, we're giving away shopping vouchers worth a total of €5,000. €5,000. C103's Christmas Covered is your chance to win a €500 one-for-all voucher. So you can enjoy a free festive shopping spree. Listen at 9, 2 and 5 every day to count the Christmas bells. Then text or WhatsApp the total amount for your chance to win. Save our number. 0862-103-103. C103's Christmas Covered with Dennis and Mary Ryan Bishopstown where the new 2020 C5 Aircross has arrived. Open seven days. See ryans.ie Listen at 9, 2 and 5. Count the bells and you could win. Only on C103. For five nights next month the Schoolyard Theatre in Charleville will stage a new comedy called The Rising Tide written by local playwright Katie Holly who joins me to preview her latest offering. Good morning to you Katie. Good morning Patricia. Lovely to speak to you. 
speak to you. Juan, great to speak to you. Now, this is the sequel to The Flowing Tide, which you wrote and produced last year. Outline the general storyline for us. So The Rising Tide is about small town politics. Uh, It's about the almighty hand of the local committee, be it to do with tidy towns or it's about um, upkeep or whatever it happens to be about. Um, And there's one lady in the town who is just um, hell-bent on improving things and running roughshod over people while she does it. Um, And she basically rubs up uh, this guy the wrong way and he decides he's going to do his own thing and set up his own singing festival um, and they're, it's, it's about their clash and about they both want to get good things done for the town but um, they want to do it in different ways. It's the way um, they go about it. Yeah. And exactly, kind yeah. of every town and village have similar characters? I think so. I think so. I think there's a very well-intentioned people who want to get something good done um, but it, it, it becomes more about power and control then, you know, and about who has the big bunch of keys to every town-run building kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, and I and think that does that, happen. It, Whatever it is, power so. can go to people's heads and people who were very nice, mild-mannered people give them a bit of power and they can turn into monsters. I think so. I believe so anyway. Um, and I think that once um, it's pointed out to them, maybe at, at sometimes they can see it and can laugh about it afterwards, which is hopefully what people will take from this when they come to see it. OK, um, and it's more than a play because there's a lot of live music in it. Correct, yeah. So it's set in the same bar as the, the first show, The Flowing Tide, was set in. Okay. And we have two of the same characters, Willie and Marty, are the barflies commenting on everything that's happening. Um, and we also have um, an ensemble choir that play other patrons in the bar so they're sitting on the stage and they're moving around, but they're they're singing. They're not they're not acting. Okay. Uh, we also have young musicians from the local schools, from St Mary's Secondary School, from um, Hickle College in Drumcolour, and from the CBS in Charleville, and they play um, live music from the audience. Um, we have fantastic musicians. They have they were all involved in the first production, and they've all come back to do this one. They're all kind of. 16, 17 now and their their musicianship has just improved at least in bounds. They've they've really gained confidence and they're just wonderful young people who are really contributing to the, to the whole thing. You know? And is it local actors and actresses you're using? It is indeed, yeah. It's uh, actors that um, audiences in Charleville and Strong here would be very familiar with. William Lyons, Martin Hennessy, Max Hennessy from Kilmallock and Breda Lynch from Charleville. All, all well known lo- locally for sure. Yes, so how absolutely. are we, we're at rehearsal stage I take it now. How are they going? We are. They're doing great now, yeah. We're going to have our, our full-length uh, rehearsal on Sunday. So we'll put the whole lot of them together. They've all been rehearsing separately so far. And uh, we'll put it all together on Sunday. And we'll be on for the Hope Foundation, for the Cathy O'Shaughnessy Hope Foundation on Saturday the 7th. And then we'll be on Sunday the 8th, Thursday the 12th, Friday the 13th, Saturday the 14th and Sunday 15th of December then as well. And what is it like for you to see your written words come to life on stage? Is, is it exhilarating? Is it nervous? Is it... Uh, it's very nerve-wracking and okay. uh, a little bit terrifying to be honest. Um, I, I always worry that, uh, you know, something is funny in my head but it's not funny when it comes <laughs> out. You know, so um, I rely a lot on the actors to tell me, look, I don't know if that works or you know, that's working fine, we're happy with that. You know, and also when the choir see the play on stage on Sunday, I'll know by I'll be able to gauge by their reactions if something is working or not, or if it needs to be tweaked. Um, but I, like I won't relax until the fifteenth of December. Like I won't, um, I won't be able to uh, have a good night's sleep until it's all over. Um, yeah, but I just want people to enjoy it because it's know? it's a huge. I mean, when would you have written this piece? 
So it was uh, during this year, probably uh, June, July, August kind of time, um, because I'm working with Central State School in Mallow. Yeah. Their quieter time then would be in uh, July. So um, it was uh, then, and the the original one would have been written two years ago. Um, So... Yeah, it's it, like it, it is a comedy. It is light entertainment, but you still take it very seriously. You okay. still you you want every gag to land, and you want you want the audience to come out. Um, saying God, wasn't that great crack? I'd love to come back again. Do you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. And there was great reaction to the first one. There was wonderful response to it. A very warm response. Now, Catherine Horgan is uh, the lady who arranges all the music, and she did a spectacular job of music that time, and she's done an even better job this time. She has really um, she surpassed. What, what we did before, well just with the, with the level and the quality of the music, you know. So uh, I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing it myself, to hearing the music. So that that's a good sign, I think. That okay, so already. so <laughs> the dates again. It's the the eight, the seventh is the cha- is the preview. That's the charity night. Yes, that's for Cathy Shaftesbury Hope Foundation on the seventh, okay. and then it's on Sunday the eighth, and then the Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday after that, from the twelfth to the fifteenth. And booking advisable and all that. I would say so. We yeah. booked out the last time. Yeah. Um, so I would, yeah, I would advise it. Okay. So what's next for, for Katie Holly? Obviously, you're going to have a quiet Christmas. You've had a busy year. I'm going to take a good long break, Patricia. Okay. I'm not going to do anything for a while. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of in thinking mode at the moment now. So I'm just thinking about what my next next move is going to be. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm not even doing that because I'm just concentrating on this yeah. fully at the moment, you know. And then so. a well-deserved break. Listen, it's a pleasure as always uh, stay in contact with us. Thank you for that, Katie. Thank and you. And good so luck with it. Good luck okay. with it. Take care. Okay, bye, bye, bye bye. Bye bye. The lovely uh, Katie Holly playwright from uh, Charleville. 1850-333-103. We're going to take a break. We've news at 12 midday on the way. Cork today on C103. With Cork City Council and Glow. A Cork Christmas celebration. Festive food and fun. The Ferris wheel and so much more on the Grand Parade. Visit Glow, open every weekend until Christmas. Wake up with Simon Murdoch. Weekday mornings on C103. Stay listening to C103 for your chance to win a 500 euro one for all voucher to have your Christmas covered. Tomorrow morning, I've got over 2,400 euro for you to win. Oh, fantastic. And what are you asking Santa for this Christmas? A break. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's Join me in the morning for Cork's greatest hits, great giveaways and a bit of crack too. See you from six. Cork's More Music Breakfast. With Dano's Centra, Spadlen Mallow. Enjoy a fresh start every morning with Dano's Maxol Filling Station, Frank and Honest Coffee, Deli and Bakery. A Cork band once asked, Where's me jumper? Now C103 is asking it too. Where's me Cork Simon Christmas jumper? Every year, thousands of people here in Cork get together to help fight homelessness by wearing a Christmas jumper to work, school or anywhere. Don't make a song and dance about it. Simply get your fundraising pack now at CorkSimon.ie. The Cork Simon Christmas Jumper Day. It's time to wear your jumper. With C103. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Can I give you a text alert message that we've just received in from the Formoy area to say there is a small black hatchback car, Peugeot R similar, with two males on board and they were disturbed this morning driving onto a property in Kilworth. And the message is to please be aware 
and I'm assuming any sightings of a similar car if you are suspicious can you contact your local Garda station it was in the Kilworth area but I'm assuming that car has now moved on and we just want we don't quite know what these two males on board are up to but they were certainly disturbed earlier in Kilworth so keep a look out a small black hatchback car Peugeot are similar. I want to wish the very best of luck and to say congratulations to everybody involved in Canon Sheehan Primary School in Donorell because in June of this year, the fifth and the sixth class pupils were so concerned about the amount of single use plastic bottles used in their school throughout the school year. Now they had actually counted up and worked out how many plastic bottles are coming in and out of the school. These are the single use ones and they reckoned that approximately 23,000 single use bottles are used in a full school year at this one primary school, Canachian Primary School in Donnerwell. So the 5th and the 6th class students wrote to the Board of Management and to Cork County Council. Oh, fantastic. In October saying how concerned they were about these plastic bottles in October Cork County Council offered to pay for the installation of an electronic water bottle filter in the school hallway. Now what happens is each child brings their own reusable bottle with them. They are a pilot school obviously for this project. They have now emailed other schools in the county encouraging them to follow the lead of Donwell Primary School. They've also approached some businesses in Donwell to register on the refill.ie tap map and provide free drinking water for the general public and I know the county mayor Christopher Sullivan is actually going to attend the official launch of the electronic water bottle filler today I don't know what time that's happening but I know it's happening sometime today so well done no doubt there's a bit of celebration a bit of buzz at the school but I thought it was absolutely fabulous that the initiative came from fifth and sixth class pupils who they themselves were seeing single-use plastic bottles and what a waste it was. So they decided, we'll write to the Board of Management and we'll write to Cork County Council to say, hey guys, we're the future generation. We want to get rid of these plastic bottles. Can you help us out? And well done to Cork County Council, can I say, for installing the electronic water bottle filler and hopefully every school across Cork City County and indeed the entire country will follow the lead of Canon Sheehan Primary School in Donnerell and install one of these Bottle filler, water bottle fillers into every school. It's a fantastic initiative. Congratulations to the boys and girls. Is it a mixed school? I imagine it is the boys and girls at the, the school in Downwell. I hope they have a lovely, lovely day today. Okay, can I go to some of, yeah, I'll just do some of your texts first before I do this. Yeah, okay. We've had, I mentioned earlier the lady who was giving out about penny dinners. Eater. She wasn't that happy with it wasn't that she wasn't happy Katrina Katrina Toomey but she just was saying that there are people going into penny dinners who are addicts and she feels that needs to be looked at and that there's too many charities collecting for homeless people and people and she she actually she gets cross whenever she goes anywhere there's somebody rattling a bucket or a flag or trying to sell her something in front of her and it's just annoying her but she was in particular targeting people who have addiction and Katrina Toomey herself spoke about working with and helping out people with addiction and there's just not enough help available for them. But Ita was of the view that we need to stop from what I could gather from her comment that she said it's personal responsibility and that these the addicts themselves need to start asking hard questions of themselves and that, you know, they need to sort themselves out basically and wish that it was that easy. Anyway, uh, Betty thinks, was on to us, Betty thinks that penny dinners are brilliant for those people that are genuinely in need, but she thinks there are people using the services that are not in need. 
Betty knows of single farmers from the North Cork area who travel to Cork by train to go to Penny Dinners. Should they have property and cattle on their farms, there's no way that they should be allowed to avail of Penny Dinners. Again, again, as I said to Eita, uh, you don't know the full story. They may have cattle, they may have property, they could be asset rich and there could be nothing in the fridge. There could be nothing in the cupboard. They may have absolutely no food. Nobody knows what goes on behind closed doors. Now, I will absolutely agree and accept there'll always be people that will scam the system. But the majority of people who go to places like Cork Penny Dinners or Feed Cork or any of the Society of St Vincent de Paul branches, are the majority are genuine people in need. And as Katrina Toomey said number of times during our interview today they do not judge and I am glad that they do not uh, judge. Now there are a number of people have agreed that uh, I w- there's a number of people not agreeing by the way uh, with uh, Isha. Tim uh, says attitudes like that are normally coming from greedy well healed people who are on tw- 200k a year and would starve the rest of us to uh, death. Someone else says that's not a very Christian view. Sandy says, where can a person contribute money to Penny Dinners? Well, Penny Dinners are up in Cork. There's lots of collections across the city and county as well. But if you contact them directly, they'll be only too happy if you want to send on a few Bob. Uh, Sandy, who also says that, uh, Sandy says, I've got cousins and some neighbours who agree with Ita, your listener. Um, the, they go, they would... The people I know would even go so far as to claim people don't lose houses. They just stop paying their bills, except expecting somebody else to pay it for them. Oh, to be so judgmental. OK, some of your texts. Nari, Patricia, you're right. We must not judge people until we walk in their shoes. God bless the work that Katrina and her team at Penny Dinners and other agencies out there on the streets of Cork and Dublin feeding individuals and families that are homeless regardless of their situation. As you said, it could be any one of us. We're only one paycheck away from being homeless if things go wrong for us. Could you please remind listeners that there's a homeless housing march in Dublin also here in Cork on Thursday the 5th of December 12 o'clock starting from the Public Library in Cork and uh, if you've got any family or friends in Dublin it's from the Garden of Remembrance in Dublin kindest regards and that's from Nari thanks Nari Mary says Hi Patricia I was listening to Isha's comments earlier a lot of us in this country have had someone addicted to alcohol as in my family's case it was long ago before drugs were available but they were genuine lovely people who just fell on hard times and turned to alcohol for comfort they were helped by kind people and now it's my turn to help somebody else I would not judge says Amira yeah it's one of the points I made you know there but for the grace of God uh, go any of us so so thank you that's just a sample of the calls in reacting to uh, Ita's uh, comments 1850 don't forget this week here at C103 we have kicked off our latest competition C103 Christmas covered. It is your chance to win €500 Euro all for one voucher. The idea is you win the voucher. It's up to you to spend it. You've got a wonderful festive shopping spree ahead. You can spend it on yourself or you can spend it on a loved one. You have to listen at nine. Hopefully you heard it at nine this morning. As myself and John Paul were arguing as to how many bells we'd each counted. <laughs> so you do need to listen very, very carefully. You listen at nine, at two and at five. 
and you count the Christmas bells and then when the bells, bells ring at five you add all three of the tolling of the bells together and then you text or WhatsApp the total amount for your chance to win and remember you download the C103 app on your phone that way you can listen at nine, two and five no matter where you are. C103's Christmas covered with Dennis and Mary Ryan where the new 2020 C5 aircraft has arrived they're open seven days and you can see Ryan's.ie Now we gave away our first 500 euro voucher yesterday and here's how Martina got on Hello Hello is that Colin Baker in Mitchellstown? Yeah this is Colin here speaking yeah This is Martina on C103 How are you? I'm very good, thank you, Martina. Lovely to hear from you. I know, it could be very lovely indeed. It could be 500 euro worth of loveliness. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. Cullum, <laughs> you sent us in a message, Cullum. You were counting yeah. the bells, I think, all day here for C103. I was counting the bells, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. what was the amount of bells that you heard in the course of the entire day? 12 was the total, wasn't it? It was! <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much. Yay, there's a yeah. bit of applause there for yeah. you. How yeah. are, are you feeling now after that, Colin? I'm brilliant, absolutely brilliant. It's great to win something. It is great to win something. And okay, yeah. do you have something in mind that you would like to spend that €500 Euro one for all gift voucher on? Not, not at the minute, but like, as, you know, as you know, the time of the year is coming. Exactly. I have presents to buy in, something for my partner, I suppose, and you know yourself. Oh, yeah, your partner will be uh, dropping hints big time now. Big, big time now, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, well, Colin, thanks so much for listening to C103. Thanks no, for... Thank you, Martina. Thank you very much. You're very welcome and a very happy Christmas to you. And, Colin, we'll have a happy Christmas. Well done. Our first €500 Euro one for all voucher. Another one to give away uh, today and every day this week, Monday to Friday, and we'll do it all again next streak as well. You have to listen at two for the next Ringing the Bells and again at five with Martina and then it's text or WhatsApp. You do it immediately after five once you have heard the bells uh, ringing. Norma in North Cork was on wondering is anybody, is there anywhere someone can do volunteer work in the North Cork area on Christmas Day? She obviously finds herself as a loose end would like to give something back and is wondering, we know there are places in the city I know for example Penny Dinner so we've been talking about this morning and they certainly are open on Christmas Day but Norma's in the North Cork area so would like for uh, to see uh, is there anyone around the North Cork area looking for volunteers any charity doing work on Christmas Day if you can if you can offer advice please or suggestions I would love to hear from you 1850 and on gift vouchers hi Patricia and gift vouchers 30 to 40 years ago Roaches stores never good at Roaches stores in Cork they took gift vouchers and they pay back any change in cash there was no deductions taken back then. The C103 Cork Diary. With Cork County Council. Supporting businesses, supporting communities, serving Cork. Visit corkcoco.ie. Frank McNally, a writer of the a popular An Irishman's Diary column in the Irish Times, will be joining journalist and author Frank Connolly and award-winning poet Paul McMahon. And that's at the November Spoken Word Speakeasy session in Skibbereen. It's on tonight in the Tanyard Bar on Main Street at 8 o'clock. It's described as a stimulating night and entrance is free. Cork Deaf Association are holding a free hearing clinic at the CDA office on McCurtain Street in Cork. Uh, the this afternoon and it's on until four o'clock. The Patrician Academy presents Back to the 80s in St. Patrick's Boys National School tomorrow Wednesday and again on Thursday. Tickets are on sale from the school 022 21884. 
and Dorina Allen will cook for Christmas this Thursday night at the Grain Store in Ballymaloo. Tickets including a raffle for the dishes to be demonstrated. You can call 0187 or you can book through Eventbrite. It's a fundraising event for Cloyne Cathedral. And a coffee morning cake sale and raffle will be held in the Arches Bar in Mallow this Friday from half past ten. Proceeds are in aid of the Hope Foundation and your support will be gratefully appreciated. Cork Today on C103. With Cork City Council and Glow. A Cork Christmas celebration. Food markets, Ferris wheel and a fun festive park on the Grand Parade. Visit Glow. Open every weekend until Christmas. And by the way, thank you to uh, John who contacted us when we were doing the, the preview of Cork North uh, Central for the by-election. John actually out canvassing in that area at the moment. Didn't say for which party, which is fine, but he said, because we were talking about the different issues that were coming up, and one issue that we didn't mention that John said is coming up all the time on the doorsteps is direct provision. And he said it's almost like it's a them and us the way people are talking. He said people are not happy, uh, certainly about the very notion or idea that people from direct provision may be taken out of direct provision and housed. And they're not happy about that when we can't house our own, when we've 10,000 people uh, living in emergency accommodation as it is. And John said they're getting a lot of that on the doors, out on the canvas, uh, something that he hasn't noticed before. He thinks with regards to future protests at direct provision centres, the department need to handle these matters in a much more sensitive way nature but he said it's an issue that they hadn't seen before in that area and it's coming up now. Okay talking of people who are struggling and this very much when we were talking with Katrina Toomey of Penny Dinners talking about that family who up to this time last year John and Martha as we're calling them that's not their real names were a family who were donating to charity they gave to the likes of Cork Penny Dinners then unfortunately John lost his job during the year uh, Martha unfortunately can't work because she's unwell they've got three children they're desperately trying to keep the, the rent up to date because they're in fear of losing the roof ov- over their heads they're in private rented accommodation and at the end when all of their bills are paid they have nothing left, little or nothing left for food so they're availing of Cork Penny Dinners but, but there's that whole thing of protecting the children Martha said from the stigma of poverty but there is so much of that poverty out there and a lot of it a lot of it is very hidden because Martha herself hasn't told her own family the situation she's in her own, fa- whole fa- her own family for example her parents are not aware that she's going to Cork Penny Dinners for food and that she's bringing home dinners for her children Councillor Frank Roach uh, contacted us when we were talking about this um, we heard us talking about it good afternoon to you Frank Good afternoon. You're making an interesting point that there's 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 a lot of working people out there who are in this situation of even though people will look at a household and see somebody driving out every morning to work and they look like they're doing well, the grass is always cut and you know everyone's looking respectable and heading out to work every day, sure they're doing fine. Nobody knows what's going on behind closed doors. It's absolutely frightening, Patricia. Um, when I was canvassing, um, when I, I kind of got talking one to one to a lot of people, I was amazed with how tight the people from the 35 to the 55 years back now. And since I got elected, people have contacted me. Um, there are no real mortgages. There are no real care loans. And it, we've no poor, and no poor are the working people. Because those people won't qualify for any of the benefits. Yeah. And where you have people with the children going back to school benefits and children with Georgia, uh, children in college and things, and people trying to pay these bills and trying to, to live and survive as well. 
No, the poorer people, if it's wrong of me to say, I'm not as badly off. There's an awful lot of people that are out working. And I think it's very, very sad to think that our government and our, our people in authority can't see how this squeezed middle of the poor working class are, are actually trying to survive. It's very, very sad out there. Yeah, and you hear about people who are where you might have two incomes coming into the household paying a huge amount of money on rent. They won't qualify for social housing and they don't earn enough to qualify for a mortgage. So they're caught in this trap of paying really high rents on the private market. No hope of ever owning their own house. That's right. And they can't move on to cheaper accommodation because the cheaper accommodation is, isn't available. And God help us if they if you throw a few kids into that mix. But sure, this is it. And like even the second care uh, with all the rules and regulations about cares and... and, and There's a cost involved and, there. And the, the cost, uh, whereas Langoa person could have been, and I know we, we won't call it a banger, but they could have, the second care didn't cost a lot of money. Yeah, no yeah, second yeah. care is costly as much as, as the main care. And they need and the second car for both people to get to work. They need that from yeah. to get to work, yes. Yeah, and I'm all, I'm, that's what I'm always saying to people: be careful when people are judging. You know, when like when somebody sent in, somebody called in and said that they know of some um, single farmers who are going up to Cork Penny dinners, just because somebody has to you perceive somebody to have a big house on a farm with cattle, that's not to say that they've got a lot of money rolling around in the I, bank. I I have seen two farmers in the last week crying. I've seen tears in one man's eyes, and I've seen another farmer came out and cried in his yard with me. And the reason he cried was because the feed company, uh, the co-op refused to give him feed, and they also had refused to give him a check for the last number of months. No, he, he admitted he owes the money. There's no question about that. He do owe the money. But that man, he, he was looking like not getting feed for his cattle. Now, I intervened, and I got onto the co-op, and in fairness, we, we, we mediated with him. But this scandalous was going on out there. And things are very, very tough and people don't realise how tough they are. Yeah, but I'm always saying to people, be slow to judge. Please, yeah. please, be slow to judge. And just on a lighter note, you're at Cannon Sheen Primary School in Donnerell. I'm just here. <laughs> the, 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 the mayor is just here. So isn't, it a brilliant, isn't it a brilliant initiative? <laughs> yeah, brilliant, brilliant. Ah, it's fantastic. Brilliant, Congratulate brilliant. the kids on yeah, our yeah. behalf. It's, yeah. it's, it's I, really great. I, I, I will look off. Thanks a million. Thanks a million. Bye bye. I'll let you go. Uh, That is uh, Councillor Frank uh, Roach. 1850 I nearly forgot to do this, but I didn't. Hello, boys and girls. I'm Jack, and this is my mam, Marjorie Daw. Who shall climb to the top of the beanstalk this Christmas? Go on, have a guess. He's a diamond in the rough. And his monkey Abu has a heart of gold. He's a diamond in the rough and his monkey Abu has a heart of gold. What character are they talking about today? Uh, you can need to get dialing 1850-333-103. Caller 10 with the correct answer gets a family pass, family of four, to go see Jack in the Beanstalk at the Everyman. And the night that we've got the tickets for is Wednesday, the 18th of December. Uh, we want you up there for six o'clock because it kicks off with a VIP reception with face painters and magicians and selection boxes and lots, lots more. And then you get in to see the pantomime, which is one of Cork's favourite traditional pantomimes. Check it all out. Info at uh, everymancork.com. Going to take a break while we await our winner's name. And uh, coming up next, Joe Heffernan. Cork Today on C103. With Cork City Council and Glow, a Cork Christmas celebration. Get into the family festive spirit with a visit to Glow on the Grand Parade. Open every weekend until Christmas. 
Egg foil mock quid then and here is Farlane. Shaw eight thrower C one oh three air kirkig. Hong Gurha in Aklam Moy Chroma. Shen Kirshi Sabigan Irish Times air, Nogrifsha Kosulish na Florida Everglades. Ach gan and Hrogel. Awen Imid and Heal Holesh. Agas caller, Kishkwil Irid Ek Sulh down their hagan shakigan virula. Agas na plan the Rosnam. Hoshulod Fele, Shehil Mather Alm. Agas is counter E and will all of the Nord Durha den Gietzko Lefeshkind. And here the relic will air or to a tassel with Teroyas of Ochroma, who father Lesham Moyerha. Nocta, quid denaneha is Fari Gorkic, C103. Wake up with Simon Murdoch. Weekday mornings on C103. Hi, Simon here. All this week, we've teamed up with Magical Blarney, Cork's favourite Santa experience in Blarney Woolen Mills, running from November 23rd till Christmas Eve. We're giving you the... Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze. Relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Chance to win a family pass to go see Santa and enjoy a festive lunch at Magical Blarney. Stay listening weekday mornings from 6 for your chance to win with Magical Blarney on C103. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. Before the phone lines blow up, can you stop calling us because we have our winner for our Panto tickets. Let's get the answer first. And the answer is Aladdin. Aladdin was the answer and a very delighted, I'm told, Shirley Bullman in Carrigaline was caller number 10 and has won the family pass to go along and see Jack and the Beanstalk in the Everyman. Congratulations to you, Shirley. Have fun. More of those tickets to give away tomorrow and indeed every day this week. Now let's turn our attention to Joe Heffernan, who joins me. Good afternoon to you, Joe. Good afternoon, Patricia. And we're, we're going to be discussing self-harm today on mm. the programme. And before, But before we get to that, you just want to give a quick mention to the GROW uh, offices. I, I believe they had a fire um, yes, in Grand Parade. Yeah, GROW, as you know, is um, uh, an extremely uh, good organisation Um so helpful to many people in the area of mental health. Now, their offices at the Grand Parade were badly, badly damaged in a fire on Tuesday, November the 12th. So, they're holding a fundraising concert on Wednesday the 4th of December 
at Rochestown Park Hotel at 8pm and the entrance is just €15. Tickets on the door. Now, there's a great line-up there. Um, I hope I say the name right here now, the award-winning Shannor singer, Marani Kelleker. I would say so, yeah. 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 And McCroom-based songwriter and singer, Ger Wolf, who got a great mention from Christy Moore on The Late Place uh, last Friday night. And uh, Miriam O'Brien and Declan O'Brien, along with others, to be confirmed later. Um, Now, if people would like to make a donation or get more information on the night, um, the number to contact Groan is 021-427-520, and I leave that number with you. Yeah, perfect. And Groan, they told me, Groan is extremely grateful to the management and staff of the Rochestown Park Hotel, who have given their premises free and to the artists who are also giving of their services. Well done. Free. And Grow are a fantastic organisation. I know whenever we mention it, we'll have people coming on saying how much help that they've had from Grow Absolutely. over the years. So, so they are great. Now, we are going to discuss self-harm on the programme, which I'm slow to say it's becoming very popular. But it is something that we're hearing, I think, a lot more about today than, say, we would have heard about from previous generations. And I don't quite know why that is the case. But there seems to be more people, sadly, getting involved with self-harm than than ever before. So I suppose for people who are unaware of what self-harm is, start explain what is self-harm. Yeah, I, I got a phone call during the week from a distraught mother, um, uh, you know, um, talking about a, a child who was self-harming. Now, Self-harm is often seen almost exclusively as cutting, but it's much more than that. Um, cutting is maybe uh, the uh, the one that we would come across and uh, that I've come across in my work most. But cutting yourself with what? It can be a blade. It can be a piece of glass. It can be anything sharp that will break skin. Uh, very often, um, thankfully. It's superficial cutting. It's it's um, you know. Uh, I mean, to make it clear from the from the word go, it is not a, a suicide attempt. It's in fact, it's a very inappropriate way of trying to cope with anxieties. But um, but the, the, you cut so that blood is drawn. It's you know what I mean. You're you're inflicting a a wound. Yes. Yes. God, it's, it's so hard to understand, it's isn't it? It's very hard to understand. Actually, John, John says, Hi, Joe, I know a person who has a lot of problems. Every single weekend she self-harms. And this has been going on for years. There you are. And please um, advise her to go and talk to someone because it's the underlying issues that need to be addressed. The act itself is the tip of the iceberg. Um, it's it's what's causing it is is where one needs to get to. But do the majority of people hide the self harm? Absolutely. Um, you know the long sleeve um, um, top uh, in even in the warm days of summer. Yeah. Um, yes, it's very much um, a, a hidden uh, phenomenon. Uh, the person does try to to hide it. Uh, it can be on the thighs. It can be on the um, uh, on on the uh, on on the hands, on the on the arms, um, on the wrists. 
Yeah. Because I know I read a piece, a number of secondary schools in England for the girls have introduced a rule that the young girls are not allowed to wear the hair bobbles, hair scrunchies on their wrists because they discovered that a lot of the young teenage girls were self-harming and in particular cutting along where the wrist was. Right. And they used to, and those scrunchies that you put your hair hair up in, the, the thicker ones, they'd have those on their wrists so they were hidden from parents and teachers. So they yeah. banned them. They're, a lot of the schools, you're not allowed to wear them because they, they're trying to, they're not trying to expose the self-harm but they're trying to get the young people to talk about why they're self-harming. Absolutely. That, that's the big thing. But there are other forms like um, punching oneself, um, <coughs> excuse me, throwing one's body against, say, a wall now, pulling out hair or eyelashes, and we could talk about that at a later date too, not too far away, because trichotillomania, that one has a specific name, and it's pulling out one's hair. Um, uh, scratching or picking or tearing at one's skin, causing damage. Burning. Um, burning? Uh, hmm? Burning? Yeah. All of it is causing pain. I mean, is that... Yeah. The, yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah, very often the person is feeling emotionally very flat, and um, and 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 this is a form of uh, becoming um, aware, even though it's awareness of pain, and uh, it's just a very, very, very inappropriate way of dealing with anxiety. And and that's something that needs to be got across very clearly. Um, that's what the young person is aiming for, is relieving anxiety. So the underlying factors are um, uh, are, are are so important. Um, and uh, uh, also, you know, a form of self harming that that maybe deserves mention, even though it would be very often under a different heading, and it would be, you know. Um, uh, abuse of alcohol and our drugs. I mean, that that's a form of self-harm because mm. that's certainly not... It, it is going to harm you. Mm. And when this... But the, the one you're talking about with the cutting and the burning and the... Um, it is something that more young people, do, young people do than older people, would I be right in saying? I've only ever come across one older man who, who, who was doing it. Um, uh, uh, mostly, um, well, almost, to be honest about it, down through the years, almost exclusively young people. Are we talking yeah. teenagers? Uh, teenagers and, uh, yeah, 20s, 30s. Yeah, and mm. you're looking at uh, John, who sent in that text, the person he knows, and she's she's been doing it for years. So she, yeah. if she starts as a teenager, she could be one in her 20s mm. and, and still doing it. It must be a major shock for parents to discover a son or daughter. And I think we could devote um, a few weeks to this subject and we will um, get round to, you know, trying to be helpful to parents or indeed people in situations of um, uh, responsibility like maybe um, teachers um, and, and, and that. But uh, just as one quick word to parents is that this is not... Now, it doesn't mean that a young person would absolutely not go on to um, take one's own life. I I mean, that would be a generalisation that would not be um, 
sensible. But this is not, generally this is not what the young person intends to do. Mm. In fact, like you could see self-harm in a very peculiar way as the opposite of suicide. It's, it's, it's a way of coping with life mm. rather than of giving up on life. So there's... Um, yeah. So when someone would come to you, uh, Joe, I mean, it isn't a simple thing of saying snap out of it and stop doing it. Oh, gosh, no. How, no. how do you stop someone? Do, are, there, are there alternatives? Well, there are alternatives. Um, we'd be kind of, uh, we, we'd, we'd be skipping along big time, but we, we could talk about that, like, is um, uh, I, I often with anger or anxiety, I would speak to a person maybe about maybe a safer, a safe way, um, whether they were self-harming or not, like a punching bag. We've a huge one in the garage. No harm at all to give it a few belts when things are, you know. Uh, putting one's hands in a, in a bowl of uh, ice cubes for a short time. Um, or, or even rubbing an ice cube onto the part of the body that you uh, may feel uh, like um, injuring. Um, you, using a marker or a lipstick, or something like that, to mark instead of cutting. Uh, one that I have used quite a bit, um, and people have taught me they found it helpful, was putting um, a, a rubber band around the wrist and, you know, pulling it out and then letting it snap back. Oh, ouch, yeah. ouch, ouch. Yeah. God, it's but also it's painful. Yeah, skin. absolutely, mm. absolutely. Mm. And... And when you talk to young people, Joe, do they tell you why? Well, this is the whole thing. This is the whole thing. It's not so much about the the what or the how, it's the why. And um, it can be a result of, you know, bullying. Um, It can be a bereavement. Uh, It can be um, someone who has not experienced love and our affection. Um, it can be that there was some form of abuse, um, or it can be uh, peculiarly um, uh, a diagnosis of a serious illness. Now, you'd say, how would self-harming, but you see, it's the anxiety. That's the big word here in capital letters, anxiety. And as you know well, because you've mentioned it, um, the recent statistics show that the levels of anxiety among our young, young people yeah, are astronomical. Shocking. Yeah. Uh, text saying, hi Trish, we're going through it at the minute. Our grandchild is self-harming by picking the skin off his feet until they bleed. Right. I got to the bottom of it and it turns out it was a family member stressing the child out. Thanks for talking about this subject. Um, good, goodness me. And But it is important. We need to it's not normalising it but we need to talk about it so oh, that others absolutely. so that other people like that family for them to know they're not the only ones going through this Indeed unfortunately they are not Yeah and um, you know uh, these kind of subjects uh, as we look back through the years and the things that come to light um, of course they're better out in the light and talked about because um, you, you know as like mushrooms, they they grow and flourish in the dark. So it's good to bring them out into the light of day and to discuss them and um, hopefully to be helpful um, to 
uh, a young person who maybe, hopefully, might be listening and who is currently self-harming. And you would know because you've seen it in, in in your work. People do recover, people do get over this. Oh, absolutely. And it does stop. Yeah, I've often got great phone calls even after, oh, I don't know, maybe the person was here six months ago. And it could be the person, um, him or herself, or it could be a parent saying, that has stopped and, you know, Brilliant. thank you so much, we're delighted and all that. And, 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 and they're great phone calls to get. And we will talk next week for the parents and the teachers on, on what yeah. to look out for, what, to, what to, the do's and don'ts, what to say and not, not say. And as we're on this subject, a person said a fundraising night in Native Aware, another fantastic organisation who support mental health. It's going to be held in Walsh's Bar in Kildare. It's on this Saturday night, 30th November, Trad Music, Song and a Raffle. Please support. And I've just spotted the time and we're up against it. I'll end up crashing the news. I've got to let you go, Joe. We'll talk next week. Thank you talk for that. Then. Bye-bye. That is Joe Heffernan who runs a counselling practice in Bohoboy. His number is 029-76617. And we will return to this subject next Tuesday. My thanks to John Paul McNamara for producing. Nick Richards is with you for the afternoon and we'll talk to you uh, tomorrow morning at uh, 10 o'clock. On to the line, Patricia Messenger. Good afternoon. Cork Today on C103. With Cork City Council and Glow. A Cork Christmas celebration. Festive food and fun. The Ferris wheel and so much more on the Grand Parade. Visit Glow. Open every weekend until Christmas. Martina O'Donoghue. Make C103 part of your drive home. With up-to-date traffic information and local news, your input in selecting our feel-good song of the day, plus our feel-good story and as many of Cork's greatest hits that we can fit into three hours. Join me, Martina O'Donoghue, every weekday from 4 to 7. C103. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.